during the age of constant connection, there is a force like gravity that shapes the inner and outer boundaries of our media. The pure force of signal, the pressures and colors of knowledge, the invisible barrier. The ears of many hear the story of few, and few can relate. This connection of orbiting voices is the next paradox of the century. Hey, Ricardo, thanks for joining. What up, man? Yeah, thank you, thank you. I uh, shot a quick uh, DM out to Ricardo because uh, this is right up his alley, and uh, I definitely need a little support here on my first time out, kind of on this. But uh, great, and I think we're all kind of in the same vision with all this. So, thanks for being here, Ricardo. You said it's your first space. No, but I mean, it's think? like uh, recording. He's got his stats radio and all that stuff. And it's kind of going to be like maybe some questions and answers. And, you know, I, I love to talk. It's definitely my forte, and I'm all, all about it. But I was just honored that uh, Moses asked me to come on the, his recording session this afternoon. Thought of you. We're talking about uh, permaculture. and We started out, we were talking a lot about um, yesterday we were in space, and we were talking about basically communities gathering up all their compost and uh, either capturing that methane, uh, which, you know, made me think of you, or just, um, you know, th those kind of discussions in general. And I was talking about how our municipality actually has done it on a large scale here, you know, and then sort of was like the, the conversation ran away with a lot of big mining topics and a couple other things were great, but um, we wanted to kind of have a little thing to bring it back to some small community and individual miners and that kind of stuff. That's great, man. And we were, um, I mean, are they, are they putting some of this stuff in, in practice in some place that could actually tell the story about it? Um, I mean, personally, sure, I guess in lots of different ways. I mean, I heat my place currently. I have for the last, uh, since 2018 with my S9. Um, I've got it. My whole background coming before coming to Bitcoin was environmental science, sustainable design, green building, uh, energy efficiency. You know, you name any topic like that, I'm there. Um, so my background is that. I worked with uh, local aquaponics people. I work with uh, compost. You know, I do my own worm composting. You know, so I'm down all those different rabbit holes, and I certainly know, you know, the principles of it, whether or not I can do it in my particular condo situation or whatever. I can, you know, consult or help people. So my, my ultimate goal really is to um, try to connect a lot of people, try to connect the engineers and the software people and whoever needs to be connected with those um, on this side of it, like I come from HVAC and um, indoor air quality and air distribution systems and water heating and industry and that kind of stuff. Um, so all over the map, you know, I've sort of had all these different dabbling of experiences where, you know, the key point of it all is like, well, hey, you know, these guys are paying for heat here and they use an electric water boiler. These guys are doing this here and they're using whatever, you know. And it's all like, well, miners do all that now. So that's where I'm coming from and trying to get it from uh, theory and uh, the drawing board into somebody's living room and just in real easy ways to, to make it come come true. Yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting topic about kind of your, your home waste uh, 
utilization, that, that would be an interesting topic. Um, I, I, I want to tell the story I'm thinking a lot about here, uh, Ashing, uh, and, and it's kind of, it's coming from the place that, that I've been working for most of my life. So um, I'm actually really into transporting natural gas uh, in other means uh, other than pipelines. So the, the way that we do it um, here in North America and South America in many places, you, you put it into a big truck and that compressed natural gas. Uh, you can uh, put that into another place. And uh, in here in Mexico, that, that kind of setup is having some acceptance in, in the world of agriculture because they are, in, in some cases, when they have the, um, the greenhouses, um, many of them are, are very energy intensive. Um, for example, here in some sort of desert climate, uh, you need to to keep your plants warm at night. So um, there is a super interesting setup that it's kind of in my scope of, of companies that I get to talk with and, and get to work with. And um, they're actually buying natural gas at this city. Uh, they move the natural gas maybe 100, 300 miles, 100 to 200 miles probably, uh, where the greenhouses are. And they're actually, uh, I don't know exactly what the, the are they, uh, or like the equipment to, to extract, to get the heat. I mean, like the, the burners and stuff, but they're actually burning natural gas to, to achieve that heating in those uh, greenhouses. That's, that's one of the, the, the first places that I would like to visit here in Mexico and trying to to kind of get in more at that specific spots and near the greenhouses and using that power almost of course with some efficiency drops in uh, that that might might be a little lower in in amount than you actually made the burners and stuff. But in the meantime, you, of course, get some revenue uh, because of your mining. So that, that's why I wanted to, to, to kind of bring that into, into perspective because that's, that's an interesting uh, thing. I mean, they're actually doing the greenhouse way far where the, the pipelines are, the natural gas pipelines are, and they find some way economical to transport that, which is a very operational, OPEX, high OPEX activity, bring natural gas uh, on wheels to to that greenhouse. And, and I don't know, that could be an interesting setup to start with a small mining container in, in, in those areas around the greenhouses. I mean, it seems almost like if they're burning it and they can substitute a generator, it's almost... Um, you know, the thing I'll say right off the bat is like, I'm no, um, 
uh, energy expert and I'm no, um, I'm not an electrician. I'm a general contractor. So I know how to find all the people that know the right answers and do things safely and do all that. But I, I can, can't really do all the calculations in my head to say like, what's, you know, I'm not an oil and gas guy or I'm not going to claim that. But I think it's more just like we want to, what I want to more say today is like to start like with the super, super basic ideas of like a minor is a minor. It's like happy wife, happy life, right? Happy minor, happy minor. Um, if you treat the minor right, it doesn't care. I was in the spaces yesterday because and people were talking about this type of thing about, you know, whether heating, you know, in your whole system versus just getting minors going because it's a gold rush. I mean, both sides have valid arguments. Um, if you keep your minor clean forever and ever, you might, you know, might operate for a long time, even with difficulty adjustments, you know, these kind of discussions are not really like, I think what we're about today, we're about like, um, Think of it as a black box that makes heat. Think of it as a perfect resistance heater that's just like a wall resistance heater. Yes, heat pumps and other things are more efficient, but they cost a lot more. It's like it's like buying an S19J or buying an S9 or something. If you already have an electric wall heater, if you already have an electric digital fireplace that makes heat at the same wattage as a miner, you know, you almost pretty much might as well just buy a miner. So I think like keeping things super, super, super simple and letting everybody design uh, from those principles and not like getting overwhelmed with like, well, how do I have to plummet? What do I have to do? Do I have to do this? If you think about the beginning, like keep the thing clean, keep it cool, <laughs> keep it constantly cool, keep it constantly clean, make sure the air is filtered, make sure it has plenty of air or make sure you know what you're doing and you do an immersion and you get, you know, uh, that's super clean. Yes, but you've got to keep the, the liquid or the cooling material at the right temperatures, et cetera. So then, you know, more complication, less complication, but keep it simple, right? Of like, what do I have to do? Where do I live? What can I apply it to? It's not like one size fits all. It's like, um, I know this thing needs to be cool. I know I'd like to keep it quiet. A lot of people sometimes like to hear them. I personally like to design, you know, sound soundproof systems or put them somewhere in the house or whatever it might be to where you're not going to really hear it much or maybe a little little teeny bit or you know the ultimate goal is to sort of sort of work with like these whole house circulation fan companies uh zender out of germany and some others uh, panasonic you know to maybe work into that where they can have a uh, system that's just run by software and you know kind of tuned into everything and it's going to heat the whole house through 750 watt minor you know that kind of thing so looking forward that's like kind of the ultimate thing but for us like guys doing it at home and hacking away or, or just designing it's like yeah just keep it clean keep plenty of air like you know big 12 inch duct coming into it with some pre-filters and make sure you you know you think about the principles of the thing and then you just go from there well how do i do it my do i live in a cold place a warm place what you know you got to take those principles and sort of like start back engineering from that point. Uh, and I think that's, you know, maybe I'll shut up for a quick second and see if anybody's got, got some questions or Moses wants to talk. Yeah, I think what you guys are saying is great. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a student here, so I'm mostly just here to learn. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, I, I mean, we're all students constantly. I mean, that's what I'm kind of trying to say for sure is nobody's got like all the answers. There's definitely super experienced uh, miners and they're super experienced. And, you know, that's why I'm, I love, 
I was blown away. I mean, I came to Twitter like, you know, six, eight months or 12, not even that long ago to be like, what can I find out about Bitcoin mining and what's who's people doing or what are people doing on, you know, hashing the heating. And it's been like every week or every month, there's like new people that are blowing my mind. And I'm just trying to, like I said, find this guy over here says he wants to build Bitcoin homes and I do, you know, green design and I know an architect and this guy knows, uh, HVAC contact and I want to put him in, you know, it's all just like, let's make it all happen. Let's fucking go type. Thing. Um, if there's a way I can, you know, get some sats or whatever, that'd be great too. But it's more just like, Hey, uh, I came at it from the environmental side. Just I'll tell a little Bitcoin story. Um, you can all chuckle, you know, so I, some people know this, um, you know, I'm around, I'm older, I'm 52, so I'm like, oh, I've seen it all. I was born when, in, when 19, before 1971 when it all happened and seen the whole results of it all. So I'm like, okay, you know, I, was, I did my little thing with Occupy, did this and this. I was always kind of like fighting the man and whatever through my whole life, different things. And, you know, I'm like, here comes 2012 and people around my community are doing a thing called... Uh, hours bank or time bank. So it's like, Oh, okay. Time bank value. You know, how can I get out of the system? So you would save your hours online and you would be able to turn them back in for someone to come, you know, clean up your garage or whatever it is later. So it was a great concept and all this thing. It was like two, you know, right around that time, somebody sends me an article, Oh, this Bitcoin thing. And I'm like, Hey, I like, couldn't figure it out. Didn't get it for a couple of years. And I'm doing my time bank and doing it. You know, of course, so like miss the boat, you know, 2013, 2012, and then like get into it later and be, oh, the energy, da, da, da. I'm like, well, I'm an environmentalist. I can't, I, I can't wrap, I can't do it. I can't contribute because of this and that. And I couldn't wrap my head. And then I'm like, oh no, I got to get a hold of one of these things and understand it. So I buy the miner and I'm like, wait, it's a heater. And I'm like, I'm a Bitcoiner. And so that's kind of like the thing for me. And I'm like, so I kind of came from all that composting and wanting to start a compost circles, giving away worm classes, everything from the green side and saving the planet, quote unquote, until I realized how the energy was so key and Bitcoin was so key. And uh, that's why I'm so jazzed with this stuff now. So, I think the, uh, the concept of, of decentralizing our energy production is just beautiful, right? Like we can, with, with Bitcoin, we can make it profitable, right? Whereas before it wasn't. So now instead of looking at just fiat profitable forms of energy, now we can look at every form of energy as being profitable, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think maybe not to like, um, cause it's all those exciting things that we always get, uh, excited about in spaces like, Oh, a volcano or that, you know, but we, you guys were saying yesterday about just talking about like local composting and, and that stuff. I mean, I actually once upon a time tried to do a webpage thing, get a thing, composting circle. It didn't take off. I'm like a guy with ideas that, that doesn't maximize, but, uh, that aside, um, you know, I think there's so much opportunity for that with like all these local um, uh, farm to table deliveries and all the ones that like the local, um, you know, farm to table um, ag delivery people, they could come, come behind it and pick up, uh, pick up the compost and like make it a circle kind of thing. It doesn't have to be a methane um, one, but there is a plate, there's a thing called home biogas that's actually where you can just do the methane production of your home food scraps and capture. Uh, small cooking gas, basically, for, more for uh, like developing 
locations and other locations where they, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but essentially it's like you, you know, you're, you're getting cooking gas for, um, depending on your size of family and the amount of food scraps, it's, it's an off the shelf commercial thing that's out there. Uh, home biogas. If you guys want to look at that in case your community isn't up for like, you know, jumping into this right off the bat, you can certainly do it. And the, you know, the only kind of thing that's a drawback is unless you have a really good population that really follows a lot of rules, um, like community composting for and reusing it on the farm fields or doing stuff where they, like where they were talking yesterday about reclaiming sewage, which is, uh, human is, is a book that's out there. Um, that's, on that like if you're doing it locally it's it's totally legit but it's a problem with municipalities because people dump all kinds of crazy stuff down the toilet and then you, you don't know what's what's in there so that's why they always have to do it on our our current standards tertiary treatment as it's called how much like uh ricardo what's the kilowatt per poundage approximately off of like manure Kilowatts per pound. Um, I don't know if you can hear me correctly. Hold on one second. I mean, um, actually, you can have, uh, I don't know, the, I can calculate like the pounds, but uh, just to put in perspective, in, in our arrangement, we are, we have 10,000 pigs. Those, those 10,000 pigs produce about, 20 metric tons that will be maybe around uh, 10,000 pounds of, of manure that that by itself it, it will not it, it might be able to give you 100 kilowatt right per day I mean the so 100 kilowatts of power but I was uh, telling you the the 10,000 pounds are per day of manure so um, our arrangement is actually built to 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 have 250 kilowatts so we got to to mix up the, that a little bit with uh with some other biomass that could actually generate uh some more uh energy and in and pig manure and cattle uh manure are probably one of the best to to in terms of energy density um, those are one of the, the better uh, types of, of waste to to produce uh, actual power, and one of the one of the the, the other that we are having good uh, results. It's uh, dairy byproducts. So I don't I don't know if it's the exact uh, terms, but it's like the, the the sour milk or the the, the residue after after the milk is produced that you, you can no longer make cheese or whatever so that uh, that that milk that is uh, that byproduct of the milk that it's it's a really good one in terms of, of the energy that you can extract per kilowatt uh, sorry the energy that you can extract per liter for example or uh, in in the case of, of manure one of the things that you need to take into account is try not to to dilute the the poop too much so um, but you need also to, to transport it you need to move through pipelines so that's kind of a uh, interesting game to play there and well after that uh, 
you should be you should be having a regular stream of kilowatt hour and and or cubic meters, let's say. But um, one of the things that that it's uh, really interesting once you you actually playing with that uh, biodigester and stuff is that it, it's actually pretty much like a stomach. So um, you need to be like super careful of. I mean, it can produce methane in a really, really constant way. Um, you can play around with that. I mean, you cannot, for example, foresee if 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 one of if you're gonna have like a disease with your pigs and suddenly you get uh, five percent of them dying from the disease. So your production, of course, gets uh, gets hit by by that at some moments. But um, other than that. Uh, you need to be careful about what you put in there. I mean, you need to treat the the manure before, uh, like getting some chemicals to make the the mixture the, the right pH, so so you don't get a, a bad stomach there, and that compromises the production for probably s several days. Because if something goes goes wrong, and or you you throw that something down there uh, that you didn't expect, or it was not processed the right way. Um, you need to like you damage the whole production, so that the whole pit you need to to take it out as soon as possible. Like it takes a days to to recover and and start. And so that process to to getting the bacteria over all over again to produce the, the amount of biogas they were kind of being productive. Uh, they 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 start up and you. Can and get some delays there. Oh, you're putting oh, you're breaking up a little, Ricardo. Oh, Ricardo, we had you breaking up there on the uh, little bed on the cell reception there, but yeah, I mean, the, the the most important thing for sure is the synergy of it all. I mean, like I said, I came more from the, you know, clean up the earth side, uh, green builder side, like, um, then I came from, from the mining side. And it was just like, well, especially in a place where usually maybe they don't have as restrictive controls with the waste. He's capturing the waste. He's capturing the methane out of the atmosphere. He's burning the methane. He's probably going to use the waste to make more uh, fertilizer and things, which is reducing the use of, uh, you know, petroleum-based fertilizers, et cetera. So it's a win, you know, it's the synergies that are happening, I think, is the, is the great thing about mining. What do you think, Daniel? Oh, I totally agree. I'm just a, I'm just a simple pleb. I'm like, uh, currently I'm building a, a marketplace for Bitcoin miners so that plebs can more easily buy and sell Bitcoin miners because it's really difficult to buy a Bitcoin miner, like you can get it on eBay, I guess, or you got to go on these telegram groups and shit. So it's like, I felt like there's a huge need for that right now. So, and I live in California right now. So it's like, it's kind of hard to actually scale a real mining operation here. So I felt like the best thing I can do is build this marketplace so I can get as many plebs who want to get mining, um, get them into mining as easy as possible. Dude, that is so awesome. Um, couldn't be more perfect. I mean, there's, I'm sure you know Nick um, from Kaboom Racks. Do you know Nick Foster? 
Uh, I don't know him personally, but I do follow Kaboom Racks. I, that's kind of how I, you know, first got into like buying, um, buying miners and stuff. So I was like, oh shit, I should definitely. And I saw how difficult it was, so I was like, yo, this should be a way easier process. Like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. I think it's kind of like, um, uh, well, it's just the way that it has developed and how it's evolved. And I'm glad somebody like you is here to, you know make a little bit of room in that space for the home person. And I'd love to stay in touch with you and keep the, that's, that's like I was saying just a minute ago, is like just coming into Twitter in so many months is like, holy shit, there's people doing everything. And, you know, it's more just like, that's really, that was what I was going to be doing one of these afternoons. And before Moses invited me, I was like, I got to just go through every single contact on Twitter and write down like, their, you know, what they're in it for and why they're not in it for, but you know what I mean, what their passion is and, uh, you know, reconvene. And you know, a lot of people like uh, Moses, was a, you know, these other people are students. They're going to write term papers. They're going to get data. You know, you're, you're doing your thing here in California. We're all a lot of, a lot of people in California for sure. So um, it's just so exciting. There's so many contacts and so many directions that are all passionately working on their piece. So I think within a couple of years, it's just going to be like, woo. No, I think it's, uh, I think you're totally right. I think that's why um, it's just the, it's such a, the definition of a grassroots movement, you know? And when you like, I, before I became a full on Bitcoin maximalist, you know, I was a shit coiner. I'll, I'll admit it. Sorry, that's my dog. She doesn't like the siren sometimes, but I worked at a shit coin company and that's really what, kind of pushed me down the rabbit hole to be honest with you guys was just kind of like seeing how much the marketing department is so in line with token price and that's kind of how our you know okrs are measured on a monthly basis or quarterly basis was how tied how much were you able to pump the the price of their token or whatever so and then you know once i went down the bitcoin rabbit hole and found and you know and really just actually did the the um the research i think most most bitcoiners will tell you like did you actually do the research and i was lying to myself and actually really didn't do the research because once you do the research like all the stupid arguments that the shitcoiners make just just dissolve <laughs> wow that's that's great and that's eye-opening to actually hear it uh relative you know well firsthand for sure that that's like you would perceive that that would go on in some sort of department or and then you're like oh it, it did go on but um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's kind of what I what just dawned on me. Cause when you mentioned California and I'm here in California and like, especially, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what pushes us on the rabbit hole, as we've all realized, like we're all down here now, we're all rabbits, but we're just like, okay, you know, whatever got us over the edge. And then you're just like, oh shit, I, I looked at it a little bit wrong. Now I'm going to, you know, be in on this thing. But like, it's almost like in most mining spaces, everything is like, oh, the cheapest kilowatt, cheapest per kilowatt, because they're miners and they're trying to do that. All right. But in the opposite direction, there's Bitcoiners and there's home Bitcoiners and whatever else that are in high expensive electricity places. And there it's even better for heating. Like if they, right? Because it's like, oh, you're, I'm in Southern California. It's 12, you know, gets me into 25 cents per kilowatt for God's sakes. And you know, while I'm running, but that would be the same as if I ran my wall heater. So it's like, fine. Exactly. Are you going to spend 
a shit ton on heating their pool. Hey, how much is your natural gas? Oh, it's $1,600 a month because I have a pool and a spa and blah, blah, blah. Well, those people don't give a shit. They want to buy three Bitcoin hot water heaters and, you know, move on into the future. And because they're going to man, it's like a tricky um, double-edged sword, right? Because they say, well, we're going to mandate no more gas lines in new buildings. We're going to mandate zero net energy, but we're going to let you have your pool and hot tub and, and sauna in the house. But we're going to let you have, you know, like we, we just voted in our town a couple of years ago to quote, buy all green energy from the energy provider. So on paper and whatever ESG calculations you want to say, because I have the environmental degree, I'm kind of on both sides of the fence on this. And I see that some of that's bullshit, but whatever, whatever certification you need, the city went through Edison and they've got, they pay a hundred, they pay for this, this green power, right? So any Bitcoin mining by default in the city now is a hundred percent ESG compliant. Cause the whole city is ESG, you know, by their, by their standards. Um, and then they're going to say, well, you need to, not have gas lines. Well, it seems like that's, that's kind of where my um, crux of it all is to say, well, here's another alternative for some of these things, you know, and mine, you know, we're thinking all these crazy ideas, laundromat, you know, it all goes back to what we said in the very beginning, keep the miner happy, keep the miner, what the chips cool and, and everything cool and no trash in there and keep it filtered and then whatever you want to do with the heat from there, have at it, you know, and that let the engineers run wild. I totally agree. And then Ricardo, actually I have a few questions. Like how, how difficult is it actually to scale? You know, like, you know, I'm just simple pleb. I, I just mine at home and stuff, but like how difficult is it actually to scale a mining operation? Like it, it like, is it just more of a logistical problem at that point or what kind of things do you actually have? to consider? Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to jump on, on that question, but before I forget, um, that, that bar hashing to heat that, that you were mentioning before about how like in every tourist space and 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 the guys that are doing it yesterday they were talking a lot about uh, what Texas has to to offer in terms of for Bitcoin mining and and all of them are talking about the idea of of this industry this uh, hashing power to like to get to a place where with low uh, energy prices and they they i mean the miners going and sucking up on on, on cheap energy on whatever sustainable energy or whatever i mean that 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 is the, the mindset right now and that's something that the really often uh, invite you guys to, to be careful to think about that in in that direction which, which is actually interesting, and, and that part of the of the market is is in my mind it's necessary. But uh, the other part is also happening. I mean, in the other way around is also happening. Uh, when actually you, many of you guys are like thinking about this energy that you you have in your in your home or the, that energy waste that you got out of your work, uh, the places that you that you live in, and and that that's going to start scaling up. I mean, more companies are going to start uh, tinkering around with the ideas of how to take advantage of this huge, maybe two megawatt uh, turbine that they have, and they know that they only extract one megawatt, and 
they, they only peak at two because some some time of the year or whatever. That that is the the, use, the perfect use case where they don't they 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 have a different purpose. Uh, it's exactly our case in in that form where we're starting our proof of concept. Uh, there is uh, when I when I made the I met I met my partner. Uh, he actually owns the farm and and in this venture and and we met and we talked about issues and and we talk about what what this company precisely in this place in Jalisco in Mexico is facing. It's it's his mindset. I mean, his mindset is uh, how do I take advantage of this because we need to grow these pigs. These pigs generate this waste. And 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 the idea is how to to take advantage of the process or the overall process and close that loop, always closing the loop. And and he he's, he's actually putting that off. And some farms are are doing it or taking advantage of the manure and and maybe using the solids uh, to to go to fertilizers, using the liquids to go to to irrigating uh, the irrigation systems and stuff. Um, but he actually knows that, that there's something else, uh, and 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 that's how his his curiosity is starting. Like, all right, how do we do that? How do we do something with that uh, bio? Oh, so we got biogas. So then, what do we do with that biogas? Oh, we can generate, but I don't need that amount of energy. I mean, in in a farm, you don't need uh, 250 kilowatt. Uh, you don't need 500 kilowatts. So that that kind of uh, it's it's a good segue to talk about sizing. Uh, in this farm where we have like 10,000 pigs, um, you don't need uh, huge amounts of power. So what happens in, in many places here in Mexico is that uh, you get that stream of manure and you throw that basically to a canal that you might find somewhere and that canal ends up in, in some river or, or some places piling up in, in some some sort of pits and and who knows and what happens there. That. We definitely don't need that. Hey, Adam, yeah. what's happening? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Ricardo. I, I, I was all about that. But it, I was just thinking, like, uh, there's a place for all of that, right? Obviously, Bitcoin's for everybody. And I think that, that, that the big side, the big energy balancing, the big uh, industry trade programs, Adam, of course, knows all about that. The oil and gas. Thank God we got an oil and gas guy in here. But uh, but you know this the small thing, the decentralization, one little miner in homes. That's great. It's it's uh, it's room for everybody, and everybody's got a purpose. And I think that big energy side has a purpose. But it's all about scale, as you know. And Daniel, maybe that answers your question too, right? It's like once uh, Moses had a question of whether someone should take out a loan, you know, or something. It's like these big guys have huge. Huge, huge uh, equipment costs that they have to pay for. They have huge, huge elect, you know, bills that they have to pay for. So it's a different. It's a literally an industry rather than a home person saying, "Oh, I can comp help my heating bill with this. I can do this, and I can collect six, eight bucks, you know, a thousand sats a day or whatever. To, you know, a little bit off of a miner and have some fun and contribute to the network and everything's great. And maybe um." Like that other gentleman asked about aquaponics. I mean, you're going to, you know, maybe you eat your aquaponics all year long in your little backyard greenhouse and you produce all the food your family needs and you're, you know, super, super sustainable that way. It's more, 
it's more of those things than I don't care what those big guys do because they got all those costs too. You know, if you're going to buy a, a S19, have at it, but you know, you get a long way before you get $10,000 paid back depending on the market. So, and I'm not in it to earn Bitcoin and sell it. I mean, it's just hold hodl and, and earn my Bitcoin through paying my power company. Pretty much that. Like when it's like 50 grand of Bitcoin, 40 something, you're basically breaking even at 20 some cents. If you're in different parts of the countries, you're quote unquote profitable, but you're hodling forever. You're not worried about the profit. So that's my you know, thoughts on that. And I'd love to talk to Adam a little bit because Adam was awesomest dude. When I first came to Twitter, I was like on his case and called him up and thought I was going to mind gas things. But you know, someday, someday soon. Um, but fucking most friendliest, knowledgeable guy. Love him. How you doing, Adam? Oh, he's down on listener. He was up here a minute ago. All right. Oh, sorry. Tony. Yeah, it's Troy. Yeah, uh, thanks for having I'm me horrible. up. Hi, Troy. Yeah, thanks for having me up. I'm a big fan of you guys. Uh, love the stuff that you're doing uh, with home mining, especially in Ricardo. You're my favorite Bitcoin miner uh, with your pig manure. Actually, my dad is in this space right below you, Ray Cross. And uh, he knows a thing or two about digesters since he actually worked on helping to design a methane digester. And uh, when he was at a, at a college in New York, and I think they also used the energy from that digester at the, at the college. He also had an aquaponics set up there. So you might, <laughs> he might want to come up, Dad, Ray Cross down there. But the reason I wanted to come up was just I sent thing. him an invite if he can. Okay, and, uh, cool. Um, yeah, so he, he worked on that for a, a college that had a, a, a farm, you know, and cows. It wasn't pigs, it was cows. And uh, like also, also had an aquaponics thing going. Um, but I guess what I wanted to say to you guys for, uh, was, uh, uh, like you said, there's a whole spectrum from home mining to big industry. Myself, I mined back in 2011, and I stopped in 2011. With, uh, you know, I started with a MacBook Air, and I moved up to like two towers that I built with four graphics cards each, if you can believe it. <laughs> and... Uh, I had a lot of heat and noise in my basement and I shut it down and gave my miners away. Uh, so I'm on, I'm on the home side. I'm just a pleb. No, but it's I not also, that noisy though. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle of my house listening to the humming of an ASIC right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and I also don't have 220 in the house right, right now, right now it's a little impractical. Um, but what I'm, what I wanted to say up here is, um, I would like to buy hash rate from people who are mining with like methane uh, from farms or, you know, doing this in a cool way, like buy hash rate from people who are using their heat in these really creative ways. And uh, I know you all want to stack and that probably what I would do too, if I were a small time miner, but also I think there is a market of people who would like to buy hash rate from you, me being one of them. <laughs> and I've written a little paper um, I written a little paper that if you go to my, if you go to my profile, it's Nick Carter has a piece uh, about the, about the paper that I wrote with this guy in Singapore, Andrew Bailey, about an investment product, which would, you'd buy Bitcoin and then you'd figure out what percentage of all Bitcoin you own and you'd 
then buy that much hash rate from other people or mine yourself in ways that you want mining to happen, whether that is tied to sustainability or whether that's tied to, uh, you know, mining with a pool that doesn't censor transactions. Anyway, I'm trying to build eventually, or I want somebody else to build a marketplace. So you, you can sell hash rate, you know, put up a site showing how you get your hash rate. And, uh, cause I would love that. I mean, that's quite kind of where I want to put my money in. It's a, it's a free market. You can mine however you like, but it's also a free market for investors. And a lot of us really, you know, we don't have the means to, set up a home miner ourselves, or we don't have 10,000 pigs. Yeah, Troy, if I, could, love- if I could jump in on there on, on that yeah. point, and I think, you know, I'll take a look at the paper that you, you referenced. Um, but, you know, I think there's, there's, there's an economic issue to what you're talking about that's just inherent, and that is, I mean, I see this oftentimes in the oil field because I'm often talking to guys that are looking, that want to do a joint venture with an oil and gas producer, right? They want to bring the Bitcoin mine and set it on an oil and gas site and, you know, somehow good exposure that way, but they don't own an oil and gas well. And so they're looking for somebody who owns an oil and gas well to do a joint venture with. And the issue that arises is, I mean, one, there's, there's a level of pragmatism, um, just to the fact that this is physical hardware that you have to plug in. When you purchase hash rate, right, this isn't, a, this is an imperfect world. And so you, you have to be language around, you know, uptime and things like that, which the onerous is on the producer, the, the person who's, who's selling you the hash rate. And the issue is this, if they, if they take the investment, if they take the risk to buy the infrastructure, to buy the engines or the, or the methane digesters or whatever it may be, they take all that risk. Why would they sell you hash rate at a price you're willing to pay when they could just mine Bitcoin with it themselves? Because the only way that you're going to invest in hash rate is, is, it, is if it's a worthwhile investment from your point of view, right? So meaning it's going to be less than what they'll probably earn just mining Bitcoin themselves and not giving you that hash rate. Why would they sell you the hash rate when they could just mine Bitcoin themselves with it and earn more money than selling you, right? It would be a, a means by which to hedge their risk, but they've already taken yeah. the risk. The capital risk is already there. They already need the methane yeah. digesters and, and the computers in order to sell you hash rate. They might as well try to maximize that hash rate, not by selling it to you, but selling it to the network, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. And but, but you raise really two separate concerns, one of which is, um, you know, the actual logistics of uptime and, uh, how do we verify the hash rate is there? And the other is like, what's the motivation to sell it? And I think um, the first one is, yeah, that's difficult. I look at something like um, like Binance. Can I say that name in here? <laughs> I'm not a shitcoiner, but they actually have um, tokenized hash rate on the Binance smart chain from one of their pools, right? And so you can buy this coin and you'll get, um, you'll get Bitcoin uh, from the hash rate that you've, that you own for the time you own it, right? So they they have a pool that deals with that, but it's a huge pool. Binance is massive. Uh, for a small operation, that might be, you know, just, just a nail in the coffin. As to the other point, I think it's a question of how much you're willing to pay for the hash rate, and yes, the difference in risk profile. Because maybe you can pay for the hash rate up front, and maybe you're willing to pay more for it if you're someone like me and you care about, how the mining is done in Bitcoin. Like I know this is hugely contentious, but I think mining is done in, I would say better and worse ways. And, uh, I, it's a free market, whatever happens happens, but I want to put my money behind the better ways, what I consider the better ways. So I'm willing to pay a premium for that hash rate. 
so yeah, and then then it would be a question of like how. Well, then you're talking about that's like a virtue investment, then, right? I mean, now you're talking about now you're talking about like stepping toward the ESG. Oh, I want to. I'm willing to pay a premium because I I feel better in my stomach about investing in this. I mean, that's like nobody can build a business model around that. If you want them to, the risk is always intolerable. Well, whether nobody can build a business around it or not would be disputed by Wall Street, which is grifting people for millions right now. So, I mean, exactly what, you, what you're saying is you, you want a grifting thing that you can invest in? You want a grifting mechanism <laughs> to invest in hash rate? I mean, that sounds like a bunch of bunk. No, 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 not at all. I, I actually think that there is a uh, – I want to be able to buy different kinds of hash rate. And I'm not paying the same price for all of that hash rate, even though I'll pay the same price for any Bitcoin that comes out. Like, uh, if I'm investing... Wait, wait, so, so, so wait, so one terahash per second doesn't equal one terahash per second in your mind, but one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Absolutely. Bitcoin's fungible. But the but, but hash rate is... He, he's, just, he's just saying that he wants the market. He can, it's a free market, and if someone wants to sell their hash rate for 10% more than the other hash rate and claim that they... Uh, preheat the brewery mash at a brewery or they do something with a boiler at a, at a casino in Minnesota then and they have it proved out and they want to sell it for more uh, the regular market is won't buy it if they don't give a shit and if and if Tony does or Troy does give a shit he will buy it at that higher price and that's the free market I guess. Well, I mean what you're asking is what I, mean, what I mean is in order for a producer to take that stance to go like hey yeah we're going to provide hash rate but it's going to be more expensive because our hash rate is more virtuous than the other hash rate that's out there on the market. You're right, absolutely, they can go ahead and do that. But Bitcoin is absolutely rigorous in how it prices energy. And so I feel like you're, you're trying to force disequilibrium in a market that has rigorous, rigorous equilibrium finding 24 seven. And so that's where I think it's, 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 tough to, you get, it's tough to get to a point where somebody wants to supply that to the market because you know, at the end of the day, a hash rate per set, one point there hash per second, Earns the exact same as another terahash per second, so that's that's the issue at hand. Well, right, right, and 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 so it's a real question of whether the market would support it, because we know there's a floor, which is going to be the open Bitcoin market. Does it go above that floor? Could somebody give you more hash rate because they? I mean, for instance, you know, if you're cleaning up for me, green mining or what I would consider sustainable mining includes uh, includes flare gas operations. You know, includes hydro, includes nuclear, includes wind and solar, and even a wind-solar-gas mix that is promoting... Yeah, what about waste uh, coal? Right, like, I mean, it's plenty yeah, of waste coal. It leaves... That's, that's what I think waste coal, too. Stronghold, which is just going public right now, I think they're a green miner, actually. And obviously, not everybody's going to... That's kind of where I go. As I think... I, I, yeah, I, I challenge you to show me an instance of, of mining that isn't green. <laughs> well, I would have pointed to Central Mongolia... Uh, you know, until recently, but, uh, but I also would point to, let's say, uh, BlackRock's neat recent announcement that they're going to buy up to a million miners and run them on stranded gas in, in Alberta. I mean, they're free to do that. It's a free market, but if I'm going to invest, uh, my own money in mining, I'd rather not choose that dial. And I'd rather invest in West Texas, um, wind, solar, gas mix, or, especially Ricardo's pig, pig farm, <laughs> you know, if I could. So it's a, it's a question of what the market will support. If you listen to guys like, um, you know, Kevin O'Leary talk about 
uh, and this kind of he's kind of what got me going on this because I hated his solution. Pardon me, which was colored coins. Moron when he when he came to when he came to talk about green bitcoins. Okay, I, I know. And, and, and Mar has Miami. done this with virtuous bitcoins before with approved transactions, and they've all been rigorously elbowed out of the market within no time. And and I'm saying I agreed with that. I, it, it incensed me to to watch him threaten to basically create two kinds of Bitcoin, one greenly mined and one just the regular old Bitcoin. Because for one thing, the Bitcoin that I mined in 2011 is greener than any coin mined today. Well, maybe Ricardo's accepted it <laughs> because they took, it took like almost zero electricity for me to, to mine those coins. I, when I quit mining, I was mining one coin a day. See, see, why do you, see, why do you equate electrical consumption to a bad thing or, or as... Um, something that destroys the planet. I mean, do you believe that every watt of energy that is consumed has a one-to-one -one no, relationship with destroying I, the planet? Because you, I mean, I mean, you, literally just, you literally just put it on a spectrum where you said the less energy you know, used to mine a Bitcoin, that's a greener Bitcoin. I mean, the, the, this you're, spectrum you're, you're creating is just, I utterly disagree. You're, you're, straw man, you're straw manning me. What I said was that my Bitcoins today, my Bitcoins that I mined were as green as... You said green or greener than anything so you're else. You're putting them on a spectrum. You're comparing one fucking Bitcoin to another Bitcoin, and it's greenness. I, I completely okay. and wholeheartedly disagree with that, your entire premise, but continue. What, what, is, the, what is the footprint of my Bitcoin? It's, if, I'm, if I may just jump in here real quick, isn't the, isn't the whole the, 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 the revolutionary aspect of Bitcoin, the fact that it incentivizes energy that wouldn't normally be profitable to be profitable, and the fact that it finds the cheapest energy means that it kind of settles on the cleanest energy at some point, right? So the more energy we consume Bitcoin mining, the closer we get to decentralized energy production, and there's less ecological damage from that. But that's on economic frontiers. Not on, not on virtuous and moral frontiers of greenness. It's on economic well, the cool frontiers and economic frontiers of power generation. <laughs> right? Here's the cool thing is they coincide. The cheapest power is green power. So the economic frontier and the ecological frontier kind of coincide, which is interesting. Why, why aren't all the biggest miners right now just pure solar or wind or pure intermittent power generation? <laughs> I think because I mean, it's not the cheapest. Up. Of course, I know the answer to that. I know to the answer to that question is because those forms of power are intermittent, and right now miners have to have 100 percent uptime. Or so, in other words, it's, not, it's in other words, it's not the most economic. What's most this, economic boys, right now? Boys, boys, this is a space about like uh, feel good hippy dippy stuff and like composting, and, and while all those uh, arguments are definitely true, my apologies. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, no, no. shit on the green, the green. No, like, Adam, I'll, please, I'll please I, I love, I love. No, don't, don't. Oh, jeez, don't be all uh, upset about it. It was more like just like uh, trying to note the synergies, and I, I, I appreciate Troy's uh, uh, position there, and I think more like. Couple things that we're overlooking, and to no offense to everybody, I think in the in the long term is like we're all going to see cost of utilities skyrocket. We're all going to see cost, of, maybe even cost of to the to the consumer, to the regular person, right? So, say you're gonna you're gonna heat your casino in Minnesota, and casino A is going to go down the normal path, and casino B is going to have a, a Bitcoin hot water for all their bathrooms and all their towels and Bitcoin heating for their casino, which five years later, which one's going to be doing better? They're going to have the ability to sell that hash rate if they desire. Um, 
and they could say that it's being used for heating if they desire. Like none of those things are necessarily lies or bad things or good things or saying it's the cheapest. Bitcoin is the buyer of last resort for the big power companies and for the big cogeneration and all these things. I love all the white paper that every, everything that's on that direction, more power to them. Balance out these big plants, do whatever they got to do with miners. Great. Offline, online, West Texas, go for it. All the power. But the other side of the coin is somebody else is the buyer, the highest power, the buyer of last, I don't know how to say it, but the opposite of that coin, the buyer of highest power. Um, we're already doing something which would cost us a ton of money. And the only thing we can do is heat it electronically. We're going to switch to this Bitcoin heater. Simple as that. I'm not trying to overcomplicate anything. It's just like, that's, that's the facts of you already heat something, put a hot water heater in line. And there you go. You're a laundromat. You're now you're cutting your costs. I, you know, it's that's simple as I can say that kind of stuff. I'm not saying they're all easy and off the shelf. I'm saying let the engineers get going. Uh, I, yeah, I love it. I'll, I'll step down from this space. I just want to say, you know, uh, yeah, I love what you're doing. What you guys are doing is, yeah, looking at replacing already existing high cost of, of, of heat or byproduct with a different, with something that more effectively produces that heat, more, more profitably produces that heat. And yeah, the other crowd is looking for the cheapest power and sourcing that out. Those are both awesome improvements of efficiency in the whole system. And, uh, I'm really, thanks for having me up. I just wanted to say my piece, it gets this hostile reaction from miners uh, a lot. It has gotten that before, but I'm just somebody who would like to create an investment that unlocks the next couple trillion dollars to come in for people who have the same kind of bent as I do. But also, uh, I'm just going to be, I, I'm also just going to be on the sidelines uh, I'm, I'm amazed at what you guys are doing. It's really cool. Thanks for having me up. Thanks for your contribution, man. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think the, the, the reason I tried to create this space and get some, get some experts in here was I just think that the, there's so much untapped energy, right? And like every form of energy is good. We should be looking to create more energy in every single form, whether that's nuclear, whether that's oil and gas, whether that's bioenergy, whether that's anything. I think that we should be trying to create more of it. And this is why... Bitcoin mining creates more of it, incentivizes the creation of this energy that we're previously overlooking. Um, and that, in the end, fixes all the so-called climate crisis and the ecological destruction. I think that trying to place a higher price on one Bitcoin over another is just, I don't know, it, I feel like it works against the actual goals because the, the goal is to create more energy. If we create more energy, we're closer to a type one society, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I would paraphrase or, or, or kind of to 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 grasp what Troy is trying to say. I I think I fully understand it because I'm I'm framing it in the sense that that when when he was talking about um, this hash rate, it it comes from from this source of energy, uh, and I would like to and and he would like to to support that hash rate exclusively, uh, and until that point. It makes sense because uh, it's exactly to support whatever you you think it's better for the planet, whatever you you think it's better for you or whatever. I mean, it's 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 supporting what you want. I mean, what the part that might not make sense because of uh, what Adam was saying that that rigorosity of of exact kilowatt means exact 
uh, terahash and or mean exact number of Bitcoin that that rigorosity it exists. So it's it, it doesn't make any sense to even talk about green hash rate or talking about uh, green Bitcoins or whatever. It, I, I kind of agree with that vision, but you get to support whatever project you want. I mean, if you want to support a project that it's uh, taking energy, you're supporting the infrastructure to get the energy uh, in that sense. Not not so much the hash rate in, in, in a sense. Uh, if I get investment from, from whatever group, uh, and we get to generate this amount of, of Bitcoin. I, they're, they're not supporting green Bitcoin. They're not supporting uh, this hash rates or, or rather, I mean, they're supporting the project itself. I mean, the infrastructure, the, the team that is building this, the way that they uh, interact with the ecosystems. And that, that also should care. I mean, it's not about the, the protocol part of, of the infrastructure. It's about the infrastructure itself. It's about maybe you don't like how how Tesla treats his uh, his employees, but you like a lot how Microsoft treats his employees, and you make the decision to put a money in that money in that silo and, and make that decision. I mean that that's the part that should care. But I think Troy, that when you do talk about making that decision or putting the labels on that, uh, you you get the response that that, that you were getting because. Yeah, the, the, we are super Bitcoiners, and we are trying to 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 inspire that this is a transparent game. There is no nothing to 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 put tax because it when when you touch the system, it doesn't make sense. So the system works. The system is actually working us and trying to to making our farms uh, recover to make our farms recover as much as manure as we can. Trying this, is Bitcoin is playing us in in a sense. Uh, it's not like the other way around, so it, it it's kind of bringing that that sensation, that feeling, and and I think that the the tax, the labels are are the things when you put the labels on on the Bitcoin, on the protocol, on the hash rate, that's when the 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 minds start popping, and, and this is not the right way. You don't, you shouldn't see it like this, but if you if you put the labels on the projects themselves, on on what, for example, uh, there is a difference between. Uh, getting flare, getting natural gas and, and from uh, a well uh, that it's abandoned, or getting it from an actual oil producing well, it's totally different to producing that methane from a natural source from uh, a landfill. And you get to support if you want to, if you want our bio mining project to be uh, mining from a pig farm or maybe. Uh, landfill or water treatment plant. I mean, you can support whatever uh, type of infrastructure that you want, but it's gonna be totally the same hash rate. I mean, it's not gonna matter if someone, as I was telling the, the first kind of sentences that in this space, if some guy has 20,000 miners and he gets to decide where where he wants to put it, it's it's that direction. So it's from the miners to get into the to like to piggyback to the cheapest energy source that he can find, but if if it is the other way around, uh, you are actually supporting a, a farm. You're supporting uh, to to get to make the good, the best use case for for their energy to extract all that energy, which it might be doing some other damages because you want to activate the economy uh, at some population. For example, maybe in in El Salvador. Uh, the, those power plants and those populations should be 
uh, as they are closer to the power generation plant, they should be alive. There should be a, a lot of population there uh, and, and have been having a good quality of life, and that's not happening. Maybe Bitcoin will enforce that, but then you got to support that project. And that's uh, kind of the interesting part that, that I would like to for everyone to, to, to take a look into the project, but not as, as talking from the Bitcoin to the project, but more from the project to, to the Bitcoin network and how it can take advantage of all the energy. That's, that's really, really helpful, Ricardo, because I've run into this. I mean, I guess the same reaction I had to Kevin O'Leary, which was like, don't mess with my Bitcoin. A Bitcoin is a Bitcoin. And then I'm getting from miners like, don't mess with my hash rate. You know, hash rate is hash. And uh, I didn't have that reaction, but they, they clear, clearly do. But, you know, I think I could meet my same ends without doing it my way and doing it more in your way. And, I mean, I've thought about it. Like, right, the bonds that Blockstream maybe is putting together for El Salvador's uh, geothermal mining, right? Buying those bonds uh, makes, it finances that particular operation. And that means more hash rate is coming from that source, you know, as a percentage of all hash rate. And, um, and likewise, I mean, if there's a consortium of uh, miners that operate in the way that you do, you know, I mean, if you, if you scale up your operation, if you ever scale up your operation and you want to issue a bond, you want to issue a bond to do that, right? Then you could, as a, as a Bitcoiner who cares about how, their, how Bitcoin mining happens, you could make an investment uh, by buying that bond and financing the operation. And you're right, it's not exactly buying hash rate. It's buying a piece of that operation and return on it. Ultimately, I would love to have those bonds be Bitcoin denominated because I want to be paid in sats, but <laughs> uh, that's another question. One step at a time, right? You know, but I mean, everything, that's what's great about spaces. I mean, every day we walk away with like, oh my God, so bullish. Oh my God, everything's happening. But uh, I'm going to take just a quick thing before and then welcome Bill up here to see what he's got to say. I, I just want to, it's like, for all due respect to all the big miners and all those people, and I no, no disrespect whatsoever, because thank God they did it all through all those years. But it, it just seems like, you know, we should all just be careful and realize that we all want decentralization, right? Not bigger, you know, we all want it to be spread everywhere so it's not centralized point of attack. We all want everybody to have a piece. We all want to spread it out, you know, so it's like, and then in the end of the day, we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in a bubble that says, um, oh, it's okay. Just keep throwing this pig shit in the river. Who can, you know, like We don't live in a vacuum where that's not going to matter. So let's be real. Let's be real and realize that, um, yeah, I'm not going to call these guys out because I love all these guys. And I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong because they're Bitcoiners and they're, and they're doing their thing. And they're, um, they're wildcatters and pioneers in Western people of the day, but if there's a capped gas line in the middle of nowhere and it's not putting any methane or anything into the atmosphere now, and you run out there and put a hut on it, I'm not, mathematically, yeah, it's not, it's not mathematically correct if you believe in any, you know, if you, you have to believe in a, in a, in a global, you know, in a climate change narrative, quote unquote, or if you have to believe in the science, which I can't ignore since I have an environmental science degree and studied all the models in the eighties before there was even an internet and all the models are predicting the same shit. So, you know, more of the story is you're not going to throw shit in the river where you live. You're going to want a community that's going to reuse the shit. 
let's let's just be real. And if you go out and cap a new well that was previously closed, uh, you know. Anyway, moral of the story. All I'm saying is there's there's room for everybody. And the other thing that we off we always overlook stuff like having, and we overlook ability availability of ASICs and which is going to come to a point like just having one S nines in your house and stuff in the future, I think is going to be more valuable than most people believe. Um, so, Hey Bill, what's happening? Oh, thanks guys. Thanks for having me up. I'm, I'm loving this conversation and, and reason I, I, I love, I love Bitcoin is that, you know, it really, it, it's such a different paradigm. And as you hear these conversations happening, you know, we're so used to being focused on the result of things and you know bitcoin really just gets us back to the process and if we do good you know we we earn bitcoin and and satoshis get stacked um and i think you know with with the mining situation i mean it's we don't even know where this is going right i mean i i'm i'm looking at and, and really interested in what jack dorsey's doing with the silicon mining and the personal mining and um is you know i was talking to a guy working on a project is is there going to be chip mining i mean is that possible and um, you know, as we're building things on top of, of lightning and more people are moving and building businesses that are connected to that, you know, the activity that the data gets to churn through that. And if there is the potential to chip mine, you know, you could literally have all of this stuff that's built on traditional internet moving and pumping through there. And when there's downtime, those powerful chips that Apple's putting out and other people are going to be putting out, Maybe there's a, a, a potential to mine. So it's exciting to see where it goes. But getting back to the to, to where we are today, um, you know, I, I just put a little shill in. I've got I've got a couple of students at, um, at at the school I'm working at. We have a miner on campus, uh, got an S9, and you know, to to the idea of what sustainability mining looks like um, and creation of more energy. Um, you know, whether that's, we have solar panels that we're pulling out of the dump that, you know, from old solar car project up at the college, um, uh, there's a town down the road where the mayor's talking about, uh, you know, dropping, dropping Satoshis and Bitcoin to his citizens or his residents, you know, this idea of, you know, can we use these solar panels to create and mine Bitcoin out of these old S nines that could literally be a pilot program for what maybe a residential mining operation looks like where you're putting solar panels on some of these homes and just parking an S nine in the, in the basement. And, um, maybe, maybe you have some bio waste, maybe you have, I mean, there's so many cool things we can do, but we need to build that. Right. So, um, you know, getting, getting young people and creating programs at schools like I'm at where you educate the schools and they can understand, like we have resources, we have land, you know, where we, we could put up solar farms, we could put them on our flat roofs. We can, do all kinds of crazy things. Maybe we collect our own bio waste. I mean, they're they're mowing hay and throwing it in the in the woods. Maybe there's a potential to mow that hay and, and turn it into energy. So, um, you know, cool things going on. But you know, if anybody's out there and these girls need a couple experts, um, you know, we've got the equipment. We've got a, a group a group of students that want to go. But um, I, I think the future is bright, and we just got to get kids into Bitcoin and. Uh, make it happen. So thanks for everything you guys are doing. Just throwing that out there, but it's a, it's a great process we're going through and let's not get, not get lost focusing on the results and trust that we're doing the right thing here. Oh, 100%. But I remember you, uh, hearing this just the other day, you were talking about that at the university and, and that program. I mean, um, you know, feel free to shoot me a DM if I'd be glad to help point you or help if I can. And I'm not, like I said, the best uh, technical expert or like repair guy. I'm trying to find sources, but I think the most important thing, like you mentioned, is just, just getting it into the hand of the kids and, and they're natives of this kind of 
uh, this this realm. So they're going to take off with it, and it's, it's awesome. And then, like, yeah, like I mean, biomass pellets. A school is obviously the perfect um, the perfect place to do all the experiments and run all things and and have kids get, collect the data. I mean, it's great. Yeah, I mean, as I, as I get deeper into this, I mean, I, I, I really see, like, there's so many aspects of what Bitcoin is and where it's going. And, you know, to see, like, a group of, uh, you know, a diverse group of kids that have different ways that they go about things, like, some kids are interested in mining, some are interested in, you know, the electrical engineering, some are interested in, you know, building decentralized apps and what that means. And it's like, you know, you could literally create you know, an entire educational program, you know, you need to call it education It's learning. Like, it's like we're building the future and there's so many cool things converging with AI and blockchain and Bitcoin and, you know, robotics and just, you know, the different energy sources, quantum computing coming. So it's an exciting time and it's, it's cool to see Bitcoin right in the middle of it. And this mining stuff's cool. I mean, it's a super, super bright time. We, we all, of course, get, get so caught up in just like, the dark future because we're thinking types, but I mean, oh my God, look, look at what the opportunity is for all these gig workers work from, I mean, the opportunity is everywhere and it's all just going to get easier and easier and off the shelf. Thank goodness. But it reminded me of a woman um, was in spaces a couple of weeks ago or so. And they, uh, I think she was in Tennessee or one of those kind of States that's really, uh, you know, pro Bitcoin and that kind of stuff. And they're, they're, they're one of the mayors, a mayor was trying to get a, um, they have a bunch of extra megawatts essentially and they are trying to get a container and they were looking at this uh, rocks uh, rocks box I think I think the company was which was super cool and uh, no detraction whatsoever of course really great looking products uh, they make like a pre-made container that's racked up and everything except for the miners and it costs like 300 and some grand for like everything with all the wiring super cool stuff um, but it was like uh, it made me think like like you were just saying if that same community would just buy a thousand miners and spread them out to a thousand homes and help them, uh, you know, contribute, it's the same megawatts that's coming to the town. They were trying to say they could, um, they were getting some deal from the power company that the more, if they started to consume through mining, that they would get a better, know, whatever it was, they would get a good setup to consume, I think one to two megawatts. Um, they were thinking about building it next to the power station and then getting rid of the heat. And I was like, well, you know, look into maybe putting a industry candle, make any kind of, you know, industry that needs heat next door to that building. And, you know, th that was really where the conversation ended and we were trying to kind of circle back, but it would be, you know, to have pilot programs in a community to put S nines in every house, especially if it's in a heating climate, especially if it's an electric heating climate, which is all over the American South and Tennessee and, and all those areas. So, um, that's six cents, 10 cents a kilowatt hour. And those people will be cleaning up. So it's kind of like wherever you put the thesis, it does make sense. And it would make sense to empower those if they want to empower the people of the town and give them a portion of the Bitcoin mine, they don't even have to build the container. Yeah. It's really, it's really like, it's, it's planting the seed. Like I, I drove over to this town the other day just to pop in and met one of the aldermen and, um, you know, because, uh, I, you've probably seen around May, May, I, mayor Jason Stewart, I think it is over in cool, cool Valley. And, you know, I drive around the town and there's a couple empty buildings and, you know, they've got a big open town hall. It's, you know, it's, it's an older building, but it's an area where like, why couldn't you do Monday, Wednesday meetups and get people in there? And I mean, shit, I'll bring my minor over, we'll plug it in and, you know, get in there and be able to look at kernel reports and check things out and, 
you know, just get people going. I mean, these people, they want to learn. Like there's people that are like, I, the alderman talked to me for a while. He was like, yeah, this is really cool. Oh my God, let's do this. And you know, there's kids sitting at home playing video games. There's, there's kids that are, can get on YouTube and educate themselves and you can learn, you can learn all of this stuff. I mean, I, I see my guys, I, I put white papers around and they pick them up and look at them and, you know, I send out like, the guy that does the one minute, um, real deadpan guy on TikTok. He's a, he's got a podcast, but he's got great educational content. So it's just, you know, people just need to, to taste it. And I think these communities will, will literally start to build their own off grid, sustainable, um, energy, you know, production, whatever it is. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it. And, you know, eventually I think the grid's going to be the same way that the central banking system is. What's the difference between we, we focus so much on, on centralized finance and, and big banks and, you know, governments and tech, but the energy grid's the same way, right? So decentralized energy is coming. Bitcoin's going to drive it there. And it's just a matter of getting these communities over the next, you know, decade or so to, you know, figure out, oh shit, we can, we can create our own energy and mine our own Bitcoin and, um, wait, you have to, you still need miners even after the last Bitcoin's mine because you got to keep the, the network going. So, I mean, it's, um, th there's some cool things that could happen for sure. I mean, I could, you know, the, the, the philosopher in me or the, I grew up, uh, I'm like from all over the U S kind of a little bit, um, West coast, 25 years, but grew up in the East coast, Pennsylvania, Philly, Pittsburgh, all around. So it's like Rust Belt, quote unquote. I mean, it used to be the heart of America, right? They've got all kinds of power. They used to, they used to put out steel, cars, all kinds of heavy, all the heavy industry, heaviest of industry throughout that region has all kinds of power. And they're all looking for new resurgence of things to do. They're looking for a new, uh, you know, kind of way of generating new economic growth for those areas, getting the people back from the opioid crisis it, it's a fucking you know it's a lifesaver honestly if those all those actual municipalities would look into it and say we can start with this and we can build something next door that needs heat we can use a cogeneration for our whatever and they can start using all this infrastructure that's existing to to get their people back to work and start at, at that as the base see and, and i as i hear you talking you know, it's like, I see what's happening in Wyoming and Texas with mining, especially down in Texas. And, and again, it's like, we're still operating on the old paradigm, right? Like we're still operating on that centralized, you know, grid date run, big money run, big bank. And, and that's just the way it's been. And it's not right or wrong. It's just, it's just the way it's been for 3000 years. Um, and, and so now we're moving over to, uh, this, this decentralized, like every individual can have their own note. Like that's their data. They can control and manage all of that. It's very valuable. Facebook mines a lot of data. Can you imagine now humans are, have the opportunity to go and get their own node on Bitcoin and that can hold all their data. Um, and then they can also, you know, participate in the energy generation and development and mining and securing the network. Um, this is a whole new industry. I mean, it's a massive, there's many industries that are going to be built on top of Bitcoin. Um, and these communities can like literally, regenerate. I mean, we're watching it happen in El Salvador. Like there's no reason this has to only happen in countries like Nigeria and El Salvador and, and places that are falling apart, right? Uh, Zimbabwe. I mean, it can happen in our cities because our cities, I mean, think about what's happening in Philadelphia and Miami and 
and, and even here in St. Louis, where I'm at, I mean, these cities need, they need this more than anything. And it's right there. They can all have it. And, you know, it's as easy as getting some, <laughs> get what you need. I mean, I got a, I got a minor senior. I can't plug it in and go cause I don't have internet access because again, the place that I'm at, they don't understand. They think if you open up, you know, the internet, the, the network to Bitcoin, the goblins are going to come in and, you know, you got ghostbusters coming out. So that, that's part of this educational process and how early we are. But if communities start to figure it out, well, boy, it's going to go, it's going to go quickly. It's just a monetary thing. And that's the, and the, poli- you know, politicians are now showing up, right. And like actually talking about Bitcoin, but it's, make a monetary choice and go the right direction. And that's makes sense for every town. And that's, those are the mayors that are going to keep winning. But I think, I mean, Bill, I know that a couple other guys reached out to you. I'm not necessarily the, the guy to figure out how to get through that firewall and do the thing all safely and stuff, but it's, uh, it seems like. I'm not, I mean, you know, the, the, the only good, the good thing that came out of that whole thing was that it opened up and allowed me to push into some of these other spaces. You know, again, the result I wanted was get through the firewall, but I sat back and I just trusted the process of Bitcoin and it just kind of moves you. Like when you get in it and it goes, it figures out where it needs to go and it finds other people that understand it and get it. And it's a really cool community to be in. Right. I mean, it's just like, um, People, people want to make things happen and want this thing to work because they understand it and they get it. Um, and and it's, it's, you know, do good, stack sats. It's pretty simple. But I got a hotspot. I'm trying to work with that now. But that's why I'm going. I think I'm going to try to, I, I, I want to go, I'm, I, anybody in the St. Louis area that wants to plug a miner in and start doing Bitcoin meetups and hang out, just, just reach me out. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to plug this thing in and go. And I, and I have these girls that are doing a sustainable mining senior project here at the school. And, you know, so it, 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 it's, it, it's going to be cool traction as we get into the spring. But, you know, we're, get, we're getting there. It's exciting. Hey Bill, you need you need to start posting uh, about that group about um, how those meetings look like. It would be super interesting to to, to get a grasp of what you're doing and 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 when you're you're giving this idea to kids or or teenagers and, or even college students. I mean that's that's really interesting and and well, I will support that for sure. I just wanted to give another shout out to Daniel, who was up earlier. Daniel uh, Plebminer there, or Plebview. Sorry, Daniel Plebview. He's like trying to get uh, put together a shopping spot for my, people to buy miners, right? For all the plebs, instead of try, like the complicated system that it is now, just kind of like a verified um, place to buy miners. That's going to be great. I'm looking forward to that because it is definitely a tricky thing. And that's, that's kind of the problem of it is of course, is like getting a hold of a miner, right. Is, is sketchy, but, um, stick around in spaces. There's always a lot of people that will help. Um, you know, it is definitely a weird, in a weird world. And I think that's kind of, it's just the nature of it all and the nature of the limited production of the units. It's, we always think of like, Oh, there's this, I can buy a TV. I can buy a, you know, there's only so many chips made every year and that's kind of it. So that's the tricky part. Yeah, that is, that is the other thing too. I mean, I, if anybody, if anybody has mines or looking for miners, I mean, I, I can help out, but I also got, I got a couple of young, 
uh, kids out of Kenya that are like super stoked about this stuff. And they like, one of the guys fixed his iPhones. And so like they're, they're learning and looking into how to, how to do these chip repairs and the soldering and the different things they need to do. So, um, you know, if anybody has old broken S nines, um, <laughs> send it send them this way, man, we'll try to figure it out unless you want to try to pay for somebody to, to fix it. But, um, you know, it, I think there's going to be a whole industry to, to, to refurbish and, and keep these older miners as the new generation stuff coming. And, and, you know, they may not look like they're doing a lot now, but you know, 250 half million million dollar Bitcoin, um, might not, might not be such a bad thing to have one of these in your basement. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining this conversation today. I really appreciate the input. Oh, we got a request here. Let's see. <clears throat> American Michael, what do you got to say there, bro? Hey there. Hey, guys, I got a question about uh, the ASIC machines. Uh, I've been a uh, GPU miner for four years and been thinking about doing the ASIC, but I live here in California where electricity is like, you know, $5,000 a watt. I mean, it's just freaking ridiculous. What I'm wondering is how high do you think you could pay per kilowatt? I mean, what do you think Bitcoin needs to be at to be mining in something in a place like California? You know, where right now I would be upside down. So, I mean, I'm just kind of curious out in the future. You, somebody just mentioned 250, 500K Bitcoin. You know, does it need to get to that point where you're paying 30, 35 cents a kilowatt to make it worthwhile just to gain more stats. Sats. Sorry. Hey, American. Um, I'll tr I'll do my best at that. I, I also live in California, so um, and that's where I first came upon mining. Um, well, of course, in Bitcoin. Here, here's the here's the crazy story to bring it all together for y'all. Um, Hal Finney lived his last 15 or 20 years of his life and also passed away in the town where I live, which I found mind blowing. And someone shared that with me, which I did not know until about a year ago. And I was like, okay, so maybe Bitcoin's from here too. But, uh, and there was a Satoshi Nakamoto who lived a couple of blocks over in the yellow pages that was, or the white pages that was not Satoshi. Uh, so you guys can put all that together. But anyway, as far as California, um, that's kind of really my, my thesis, if you will, or something is trying to find ways to mine. And also I only, basically I run mine during the winter. Um, so I heat the house with it. I'm already, I already have only electric in my condo. Anyway, there's no way for me to heat otherwise without electric. So I would have wall heaters or I would have the miner. Uh, so it's, I base, um, the easiest way to answer your question, yeah, I get up into the second tier, so it's like twenty, it's like sixteen to eighteen cents in the first, and twenty something. You get up into the other tier if you, you know, if you run it flat out, you're going to get up to the third tier. But I, I've tuned it down to about seven hundred fifty uh, to nine hundred watts, depending on how cold it is outside. And that usually keeps me in the second one, and somewhere around. Uh, don't quote me on this. Of course, it all just depends on the difficulty too, right? So like when the China uh, exodus happened, I flipped it on for a while, even though it was still a little bit of like the end of the fall, whenever that was, July. But long story short, um, without it, so I don't digress, somewhere around $45,000, $50,000 Bitcoin, it is uh, pretty much exactly what you would pay your Southern California Edison bill. So like say my bill was $350, I would get maybe 
you know, the equivalent of 278, whatever. So it was basically breaking even or not that much of a difference to where I figure, you know. So, but when I first started, it was in the, just after the big peak and then we were down in the crypto winter, it was $3,000, $4,000 of Bitcoin. And you're like, oh man, I'm paying like three times as much as spot or whatever. But, but I was also warm. So that was irrelevant to me. So, you know, maybe if you have a, a pool and someday you're, pool heater needs replaced and you know we can figure a way to get you the you know a new transit you know um heat exchanger thing that runs off bitcoin miners or those kind of opportunities i think are more for californians or you know if you do have a ton of extra solar and you're selling it back to the power company right now and you have more room on your roof or you know maybe you know there's all kinds of different things because i used to work for solar companies um you know Every individual is different. Maybe you have a great deal with something. Maybe you have, you know, another power source, or maybe you don't. But it all just kind of—that's what that. I hope that answers a little bit of your questions there. It's kind of breaking even around fifty gram Bitcoin if you were to sell it to cover your power costs. But you know that kind of doesn't make sense. So you're kind of just like you're buying Bitcoin through the power company, breaking even at not buying it through spot. Some people go down the rabbit hole and say, well, it's non KYC Bitcoin if you're mine ain't yourself and you could go to some other you know I'm, I don't I'm not that far down the there and, and I respect all those people and I know that's all valid and valuable um, but just for home mining getting yourself a couple your 1s9 and just playing around with it and kind of like you know like I said if you're maybe you live in Tahoe and you, you can use it eight months of the year or something so yeah, I, I wish I did. I live in uh, Central Valley, so, you know, it. I mean, we get 110 during the summer sometimes. And then, you know, cold for us here is maybe in the, in the 30s at night. Maybe sometimes it gets low 20s. But I, I'm just real, I'm more curious about, you know, how is it financially doable for me to make that happen? Like I said, I've got GPUs running now, and that's been doing good and been doing that for four years. And so, obviously, I'm well ahead of the game. We do have solar, and we're going to add another 13 panels, which would take us to 50 panels. So, I mean, we're in like a 97, 98% sun rating. So, I know you should know what that means, hashing. And so, we're getting the most we possibly can. And so, uh, you know, I was just wondering, and that, that's the S9 is what you said. So, any thoughts on the 19s? I mean, they use more power, but produce a lot more um, Bitcoin. I mean, do you have any experience with those in California? Uh, personally, I do not, but that's, I, I, I believe that, um, you know, you're on the right thing. If you've got that kind of power and you've got the ability to add more power and you're sound like you're, you know, you got your operation with your GPUs or what it, maybe you're trading that up for, for Satoshi's or however you're doing that. But that sound, you know, you're already kind of consuming. Um, it's just now your investment of, let's say, you know, five, six hundred dollars a pop for the S9s, but then maybe you can get 16 terahash each out of those if you, you know, do some tweaking versus buying the S19, uh, eight to 10 grand maybe or something if you can get one. Um, but yes, they're. They're pretty, I think they're double efficiency there, so they're what they're like um, uh, eighty terahash. I don't know. I'm goof. I'm pro I think you can get them all almost up to a hundred, but you know, obviously the upfront cost. So I think uh, in your case, I would go with the S19. But I know that people. Um, 
I wouldn't mess around with any of the ones in between. Those those in between ones, unless you're doing immersion, seem to have a lot of problems from what I understand. So the S19 is a good unit, and that's what everybody's going to be going to. So yeah, I, I would go with that if I were you. Um, and then I would think, you know, if you wanted if you wanted to get crazy and try to recapture some heat doing something, maybe you get a hot tub or you get a pool or something like that. Or something. <laughs> Yeah, we ha- we have a pool. Uh, one last question, if I might, if I may, what are you producing roughly on a daily basis on your uh, S nines? You know, I, I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody in California that's got S nines, so you're a wealth of information to me right now. Thank you. I just want to know what you're producing on average per day of Bitcoin. Yeah, and I don't want to say like too many asterisks or too many like it depends or whatever. Uh, Without, we all know about difficulty and those types of things. Um, lately, uh, this last, um, I had it running during, after the China exodus, and I basically ran it for a while just to play around, and, and I was really excited because I finally got brains on there. I had to do a manual reset and climb into, you know, my own personal story aside, I finally got brains up and running, and I wanted to play around and do more experiments with that. So I clocked it down to... Uh, like 775 watts or whatever it was, 200 watts per board. I was playing around with those types of things. So I was more trying to see what I could heat the home with without going overboard and making much noise in the home. But typically, even at that, like, if that tells you anything, so for like basically it was like 90 watts per terahash or maybe a little bit less, 88, something like that, which is pretty good um, from what I understand for an S9. But so I was getting about... Easiest way would be to round it up to like uh, four zeros and a one. I think that's a thousand Satoshis or maybe it's, you know, basically four zeros and a one. Um, at that time, it was when it was $50,000 Bitcoin. That's around five bucks a day, give or take. But that's uh, scaled back to, um, like I said, a little lower wattage. So I think you could probably do uh, four zeros, point zero 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 one two to one four. If uh, you just let it rock. Cool. I appreciate the information. Thanks, everybody, for letting me spend the time asking that. I really appreciate it. Okay, guys, I, w- I would love to get uh, Troy's dad here in open stage. I don't know, Ray, if you could share with us some insights around biodigesters and, and, I don't know, some experiences, maybe what you've been working on all these years. Hey, Ray, if you can hear me there, we did send you a um, a request to speak. Oh, maybe this is you. There you go. Oh, we sent him a request there. Uh, it's, it'll be, I don't know exactly how you see it if you're getting Oh, yeah, he's up. He's up here. Yeah, I'm up. Um, um, I, I can talk a little bit about the plug phone digester we had and um, how that was designed. It's a, it's a pretty simple process. But we were milking about 350 cows, and um, uh, that was providing all the energy we needed uh, for the milking operation, and then we were selling some back uh, to, to the grid. What, what we uh, were capable of doing with the heat energy that comes off from the generation process uh, was simply heating with washing materials and stuff like that and a university campus is ideal for 
dealing with the thermal energy that you that you put off and typically in a cogeneration operation you give off more energy through the heat you lose than the electricity you generate so figuring out how to do that in a cogeneration process is uh, how do you, how to use that heat is when cogeneration actually makes sense whether you're you're using ch4 methane or you're or you're using uh, other sources and uh, we we were also trying to work with uh, local power generation operations in New York. That was Niagara Mohawk. Trying to work with them to figure out how to capture the the waste heat they were producing. And our strategy was to try to find a way to use the CO2 exhaust uh, to grow algae in a in a way that. Um, uh, we could extract the fuel from the algae, the, the high lipid production in different species of, of algae. But the cost to, to do all of that uh, constantly outweighed the benefit. And that was the challenge we had. And, and one of the reasons I'm interested in this is if part of the byproduct is that we could also figure out a way to use that heat uh, and and mine with uh, what I would call the off-peak power when you balance your load. Uh, hmm, that would be very attractive if if I just heard this correctly. I think someone said they were generating uh, one thousandth of a bitcoin in a day for five hundred watts of power. Uh, I may have mis misinterpreted what what he said. But uh, I think finding ways to use the waste energy, the off-peak energy, uh, would make that a, I think someone earlier said, if you could bond for the capital investment to own a piece of the product that's doing that, uh, you're, you're making what we have more greener, more green, and also being more efficient. Um, and making that capital investment uh, give you some return on that in addition to just the electricity or the heat you generate. I'll shut up. I, maybe you have some specific questions of me, but I, I could ramble on and on now. Yeah, um, no, that's, that, that's exactly the point. And and, and it, it needs to in in this conversation which I'm I'm part of it, it needs to to come from the perspective of what to do with what we have that's kind of the the underlying message there what you're saying uh, Ray it's it's probably not as profitable as as to, for a miner to to go ahead and be a part of a biodigester uh, construction to be a part of of uh, several different uh, part of the infrastructure that you need to take advantage of that, but that's the point. And and one of the, the things that really caught our attention in, in this proof of concept we were setting up is that um, the the the, bio, the first biodigester we came to when this proof or this proof of concept is being staged uh, just to mine from from biogas. So um, in this farm we had. Uh, just the biodigester and and the mixers, of course, and then uh, in the other part of, of the digester, you can see um, 
this um, it's it's I think it's called solar. I don't know the, the exact translation, but it's like a solar mir mirrors that they concentrate uh, the heat into into a tube, a large uh, or a long pipeline, uh, maybe one or two inches. And that heat, uh, heated water goes into a heat exchanger afterwards. And, and with that tube and shell uh, construction, you get to mix or you get to, to move the, the, the heat to the manure that it's uh, being stirred down in, in, in the biodigester. So that, that simple process of heating uh, the, the you, you probably know that, but heating the, the content of the biodigester uh, it can improve twice or two, two x or three x the amount of biogas that you can extract of a, of a lot of manure uh, of this lot of manure. So it's really important to have this heat going into the the digester. And the interesting thing is that with this setup, we could achieve like a greener way to put heat into the digester. But it's only working. It's only working on when the daylight it's it's available, and that's that's. Not as as good as having it 24 hours running. So what we're what we're doing and and as our designs are are moving forward, we want to extract the heat of 250 kilowatts uh, being put into mining, but that power being put into mining, and extract that uh, from the air stream to a water stream, and then that water uh, being exchanged as, as I'm telling you with this heat exchanger into the, the digester, which probably would 2x the, the production of biogas to produce more Bitcoin. So that's, that's the loop that we want to, to close with the, the, the mining equipment. Because one of the things that, that boggles my mind every, every time that I consider that is that every single kilowatt that goes into, into a miner gets converted com completely to heat. There's no moving parts. There's not any, any other way to to translate that energy, uh, have in, in terms of energy, it goes to heat. So using that heat could be like some some interesting way to trick the the, the system, and, and actually using that to generate more Bitcoin, that the, that should give us at least uh, an interesting advantage in, into that generation. It's like the yeah, there are two different. Sorry, Ray. Sorry. Yeah, you're real, real quick, uh, Ray. Just to clarify, what you uh, thanks so much for coming up, and please ramble, ramble as much as possible. I'm, the greatest part about Bitcoin is all now we've got all generations, and we've got. Uh, I it makes my heart glad to hear people talk about bonds and and ways that the financial community can make sense of all this and and make a uh, make a profit in the end of the day and make a sensible profit. And it's it's just great to hear from you. Well, thank you. Uh, Ricardo was right. Uh, some of the heat that the digester generates, uh, uh, the methane you 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 use to generate uh, the rut on the generator, that heat has to go back into the digester because there are two different levels, somewhere between 90, 97, 98 degrees, and 102 degrees. You have to keep that bacteria happy. And that's one type of digester typically referred to as a plug flow. Then another digester type of digester, which is actually produces more uh, more methane. That's um, I forget the name of it. Uh, anyway, that's about 130 degrees, and those two different levels are 
uh, work with different types of bacteria to make that methane generation peak. So if you're able to put some of that heat in from a concentrated solar um, uh, device and not use that, uh, not use the methane for that, that's that's very efficient, Ricardo. And I, I would also add to that, if you're pulling heat off from the mining tools to heat that gas, you're you're doing that, you're making that even more efficient. So those are things that um, engineers um, need to be working on to the efficiency of not just the generation process, but the methane, not just the electrical generation, but the methane process and the capturing all of the available energy from any of those sources. Hey, Dad, uh, could you tell us a little bit, since you were you spent a lot of time in New York and then in Wisconsin, you know, how widespread uh, is, uh, how widespread is the uh, digester scene? And um, Ricardo's in Mexico. He's got 10,000 pigs. Yeah. Uh, what's, the, what's the scene in, you know, in the Midwest and in New York? How common and how big of a farm do you have to get to before people really have uh, digesters? And if they don't have a lot of digesters, then what's the reason why they don't? Well, it, it, uh, a couple of years ago, you probably had to have about 750 milk cows. And a cow will produce about 50 from will drink about 50 gallons of water a day and and produce a pile of crap as uh, you all know um it, it, a lot more than pigs pigs you t- it's going to take a lot more pigs to generate the same amount of uh waste uh here in wisconsin which is quote unquote the dairy state and california is actually a bigger dairy state it's it's not very common because um it the, the Power companies dislike this sort of decentralized cogeneration process. And some of you were talking earlier about um, decentralized energy generation. I believe that that's the future. Um, ultimately, probably all have a generation system in our home of some sort. And how do we capture the heat and, and generate electricity from that? That's what I like about Bitcoin is the whole decentralized process and i think that these go together nicely even philosophically where where that uh sort of underlying fundamental joins them however the power companies here have really not been and they don't even have net metering and um new york does uh, but it was difficult to get past and then they play all kinds of games with transportation charges and everything else. So at some point, though, this is this is going to be the way things are done. And um, I don't I don't believe that's that that too that's that's too far in the future because of some of the things people are talking about. What you're paying for electricity right now, it's going to be probably at least a third more by February. So. Uh, as it relates to the pig farm, I'm not as familiar about the amount of waste, amount of cubic feet of waste it takes to generate methane from pig manure as I am from cow manure. But I think it's it's going to be less, and I know horse manure is a whole lot less. Uh, yeah, just way too much carbon. Uh, be a good start, Ricardo. That's for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just posted a um, couple tweets. Um, they're somewhere in my time, in my timeline. Hope to, to get that in the tweets of today. Uh, talking about, we, I, I went as deep as, as, as saying the number of 75 picks to power an S9. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember the number of picks to power an S19, for example. So that, that in terms of, of power uh, or number of picks, you know, if you do some amount of power, I, I did some, some numbers. I laid, laid them out there. Um, but, you know, I, I think that kind of the, the, the message that, that we want to, to bring is that actually being productive and doing this as, a, as an in-town uh, developing what we have the knowledge of, what we are used to, to know in this part of Jalisco, this part of Mexico, it's, it's, it's bringing the ecosystem, thinking, thinking locally. I think, I think that's, that's the part that is very interesting. Thinking locally, being productive locally, being efficient uh, in that farm, in that specific proof of concept, in that specific mining, mining farm inside the farm. That will bring uh, not not the, the development and the, and the money and the profitability to do it once again in in, in another farm. That's exactly what, what we want to do. Uh, we want to to jump to another farm, make make them profitable, make them part of the of the solution as well, uh, and, and try to bring. I think that 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 idea is probably the, the most scalable that we want to to bring. Start with uh, four containers and maybe bring eight containers. Then, of course, we, in your plans is uh, is there to to build this biodigester hub, which probably doesn't own a farm, but it's right next to to six or seven different farms and dairy producers and and biomass producers. Well, we could pick up that that biomass and go there and maybe get to a megawatt, two megawatt of power uh, in that. I mean, it's not rocket science, as you say, uh, Ray. This is being done. Everywhere, in my experience, uh, getting getting to know the people that is doing this in North America and around Europe, what I see and and it's one of the, the great things that I've been having the opportunity to, to get exposed to is that these projects are really capital intensive as well, mining. So the, the to, to build a biodigester, to get the generators, to to get the upgraders if you if you want to use the biogas. Coming from the the digester and throw it back into the throw it into the gas pipeline, you need to upgrade that. That it's another component of the infrastructure that is expensive. And the way that this, in my in my knowledge, that it, this gets done, it's with a lot of uh, uh, subsidies from the state. Um, probably in the in the in the capital part, but. Sometimes when these companies actually produce the, every cubic meter, they, they sell that cubic meter, that cubic meter of, of biomethane, it will probably cost three to four times more than fossil fuel uh, natural gas, that fossil natural gas. So in that sense, uh, it costs a lot more, and then enter the, the subsidies from the states. Right, so if you demonstrate that you're using or you're buying that biogas, you get this incentive, you get this tax return, and then the, you leave that into in the hands of the state. So if you got a 
kind of a rich state or or printing machine state like the United States, you can develop many of these projects. Uh, there are probably, on account of the Renewable Natural Gas Associations, there are probably around 300 projects uh, to develop this biogas producing uh, infrastructure, uh, like 150 developed already, like big ones, and probably 150 more uh, in the making. But it's, it, it, it needs to stay. I mean, it needs to be the incentive that, that the taxpayers are, are putting there. And obviously here in Mexico, there, there's not that incentive at all. Farms here are super, even big-sized farms are, are not developing that sense. They're staying behind. But then uh, enters Bitcoin, and that could make uh, that really good incentive to develop. The first thing that I was telling you about the local. Uh, economy. Awesome, awesome. I think that's definitely, I mean, that's where we're going and just, just keep it small. Like you said, keep it local, keep it uh, what you can work with. Don't have to go out and buy a ton of infrastructure if there's ways to design around it. I want to uh, take a minute to welcome up Jermaine there. He just popped up. Um, yep. What's happening? Hey, hello everyone. This is very refreshing. Maybe the first space where people are a little more environmentally conscious. Um, super interesting what you guys are talking about. So I wonder, um, I'm sure you heard about this new company in Vancouver that is um, mining Bitcoin and uh, providing heat on a district heating uh, system. I think it's North Vancouver actually. But anyway, so I, my question or my kind of topic or topic I'm bringing is, um, whether you guys um, have been using submerged cooling to transfer heat uh, from the miners and whether or the mining systems and whether any of you have been uh, thinking or is involved in a uh, kind of district heating um, transfer of heat through um, through uh, through liquids, basically. I'll say that. I applaud it. Uh, that is, that's um, Mint Green is the company, is the outfit up there um, doing that, working with North Vancouver. I know it's happening. I know it's, you know, of course, the ultimate pipe dream goal for somebody like me. And I, I'll say I have personally no experience with it other than uh, as a sort of, when I was first introduced and saying I, my background's environmental science and green design and, you know, anything, um, with efficiency and community efficiency and things like that, I'm more of a, a scholar of than an actual hands-on. Um, I have worked, um, you know, learning from all these guys that are doing the immersion stuff. It's a little more tricky than most, you know, it sounds simple, but then there's just a lot of problems with the die, uh, dielectric fluids and things. Um, they're, they're a little bit to handle in the tanks and leak, you know, they just have a tendency to want to uh, creep and, uh, have issues but you know once they get a handle on that or if the systems are designed properly to you know knowing that in the first place and that, and that's you know they have collections or whatever not a problem but i think it's a little bit right at this moment there's definitely a lot of people doing that as hobbyists i got a there's a great guy in the midwest if anyone wants to follow coin heating um we've been chatting a little bit he's doing some cool stuff at pools and you know a lot of the emergent stuff but it's a matter of getting it um 
better engineered and more user friendly as far as that and as far as getting it onto a bigger scale. I mean, you know, for certain, it's not out of the realm of of in, in designers and and communities and and that. I think it's more like. I think just just in the last couple of years, honestly, I think this is what's going to turn the tail is now we've got senators, now we've got states, now we've got politicians that are on the, you know, orange-pilled. Um, we've got people that actually see the merits before, you know, literally a couple of years ago, you say bit, heating with Bitcoin, they're going to say you're insane. Then in the next couple of years, okay, Bitcoin's real, okay, now it's got a place in the financial industry now. Oh, people are heat real well, you know. They were all, all the engineers and all the industry, uh, HVAC companies, name, whatever, they were all scared of, um, of laws, tax laws. Is the USA going to ban it? What's going to happen? What, they're more worried, I think, of that than the actual ability to engineer it. Like, if you have the money to do a major project in your city, hey, those guys can do it. They have the, no problem to engineer those pumping systems and all that stuff. There's you know, co-generated heat all over the East Coast, uh, steam coming out of the, that's the steam that comes out of the vents in, all the, in New York City and Philly and all those places is co-generated heat. So um, people are doing it in big apartment buildings. They're just pulling out the old boilers and they're putting in a, an immersion boiler and a, and a heat exchanger system in there. There's a real exciting company that I won't get too ahead of myself, but we're talking with out of France called um, uh, Wise Mining or Wise Element. They have a product called Sato, which is like a uh, hot water heater, essentially, that's going to be able to be uh, engineered and designed in with um, radiant heat flooring, any kind of other hot loop system. Essentially, it'll be like the boiler plant um, in a home or in a, in a facility where you bring whatever you need heated to that or, you know, send a hot loop out of that basically. And it's a self-contained unit that's running the miners. So there's so many things that I think are going to be real, you know, can be done by a municipality once they understand that their mayor is not going to, is going to support them and is, and they're not going to have any fines or fees or whatever it is for doing this in America, then, you know, American ingenuity, right? We put the man on the moon or if you believe that, but, we can we can do all this stuff with the engineers. We just got to legally be let loose. If I can step in, I visited a village in Germany, and I think there were three or four of them. It's a small village, farming village, and they had a, a big uh, methane digester, and they um, used the heat to for um, they distributed a central heating system to homes and. Uh, through hot water, and uh, it was uh, probably a village of maybe I'm going to say five or six hundred could have been eight hundred, but that was ten fifteen years ago easily. And I think you're going to see m more of that, just as you were you were mentioning. Oh, please, Ray. I mean, I would love to hear your perspectives and stuff up here. We're just kicking it around. There's no nobody, uh, not too many people up on stage. Actually, Moses had to run for a little bit, but we're we're on. Uh, let the conversation go. If everyone wants to keep talking or we got some more people that want to come up, that'd be awesome. Uh, he asked to just let it keep recording and, and we'll keep sharing. So thanks, Ray. Please uh, love to hear your perspectives on things as a, you know, as an elder statesman and, a, and a, an advisor to us all. We got Mucho coming up here. What's happening, Mucho? Maybe we lost everybody there. I'm not sure. Mucho, you up here? Could it be we lost the whole room? 
Can't hear you. Oh, we lost him there. Well, I mean, if everybody's good, we could also go and just uh, wrap it up and say thank you. Thank you very much for everybody being up here, taking their afternoon. I think we had a couple of hours here going, talking about things, permaculture and all that good stuff. I mean, there's just so much. Oh, John, welcome up here. Uh, what do you, what's up, man? He, this guy right here is total, total inspiration of, as far as home heating and home. Uh, you know. I don't know about all that. Well, <laughs> we all play ourselves up a little bit. Sure. Somebody, sure, called, don't, somebody don't. called me an expert. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Um, is, is Ray here? I, I wanted to ask him a question about, about the characteristics of cow manure versus pig. And, and, and you know, what, one of the things Ricardo mentioned was, was how many pigs it took to run an S9. And, and Ray had mentioned it as if cow manure is, has more BTU availability uh, to it. And what are the characteristics of cow manure that, that lends itself to, to creating more BTUs than, than pig manure horse? I'll, I'll try to answer that um, in a, in, in hopefully a, a sensible fashion. Um, dairy operations are uh, f far more, um, the manure from dairy operations are, is, is, produces more methane than, the, than manure from beef operation. And part of it's because of the, the energy you put into the feed that dairy cows eat. Um, and so that's part of it. Uh, and, and of course you're pumping the water in them as well. So you're creating a, um, more of a slurry than a solid waste that, that beef cattle would have more, more grasses, more legumes, um, and less grains and less, uh, calorie intake. Uh, and that's probably going to be true for pigs as well. And horses would be even lower because they have um, very little uh, uh, they're, the cow's rumen is it's a, it's a, there are, cows have four stomachs and these stomachs <clears throat> produce tons of bacteria and that's already in the manure uh, from that high energy uh, when it goes into the digester so all you're doing and I think that lower temperature at 98 to 102 degrees which you have to maintain and that's the secret to making a digester work is um, it's called a thermophilic and I forget what the, the the higher temperature is and a lot of the digesters that were designed and built for Germany run at that higher temperature and they have mixers in them and, um, and they capture actually more methane but they put more energy into it in terms of both the, uh, the mixers that are required and moving the manure and a plug flow, it just works its way through. You put it in this end, it works its way through in about 25 to 28 days and flows out the other end. Uh, so that's the reason cows tend to produce dairy cows more than beef cows produce more uh, methane. They produce more poop too. So Thanks, Ray. I'm sure that was a scientific explanation that you'll all appreciate. Hey, Mucho, are you down there? Uh, yeah, hello. Thanks for having me. Um, really interesting conversation. Um, learned a lot about the biodigesters and stuff. One question. Um, do, you, um, do, you, do you thought about um, ground heat source so you can basically...
all the heat in the ground. We are doing that a lot in, in Europe right now, also for district heating. So you put pipes in the ground and store the energy there, and then you use heat pumps to get it to higher temperatures and use it then for the biodigest or whatever you need. Wow, I love the I, I love the concept. I love the I've I've definitely thought of storing heat. Um, seen people or heard of people storing heat in the ground. Uh, maybe you could even someone could run minor heat through a hot loop and store it in the ground if they wanted to during the winter, and you know, possibly de deposit the heat that way. It's super impressive. Um, I don't know what exactly your what your application is right there, but I will say that I checked. I love your page, and I already uh, sent myself your uh, Citadel uh, info list and stuff like that. And I'm excited to look at that because I'm my, my background is recently has been general contracting and green building. And I, I'd love to get into more. This is a jumping off point to hopefully home design with Bitcoin miners at the core. So I, I love your, um, yeah, so we have the same interest. I'm also basically a green building designer and mechanical engineer. So thanks for the input then. And nice. Yep. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, just let us know, and uh, I hope to hear, hear more from you. We'll be keeping in touch. For sure. That's it. There's a lot happening right now. Let's see what's going on in the next year. <laughs> hey, John, what you what you up to today? To, to, hey, uh, if um, John, if you could just a little bit, since since we're just about wrapping it up and everything like that, just tell us how things have been going with your. Um, didn't you just say you relocated or something, right? And then you're gonna you're gonna put your system back together a little bit differently, if I'm remembering. No, give, give me a second. No, what I I have, I'm still on still air cooled. Um, as much as I want to go immersion, it just doesn't seem cost effective at at the time to do that. And plus, the, you know, if anybody looks at the the immersion channels. There's just a lot of argument about what to do with the hash boards. Do you, do you take off the thermal paste? Do you, you know, completely rebuild everything? So I, I want to get through this year just on air cooled alone. So um, something I want to do to transfer that heat into the basement is contain everything into a box. So I have a, an intake on the lower end of, of this box and, and out. Um, so I, I was worried about pressures in the house to, to inject a bunch of outside air and so now I I'm actually doing it right now cre creating a, a cold air return into the bottom and then out the top in this box uh, but what I'm going to do in the in the attic is it's kind of have a two zone kind of thing where I, I'll have an intake that'll be somewhere near my home's um, uh, existing HVAC intake and then bring it up to a miner in the attic and out into a, a carbon filter. I like to use a lot of these, these parts from VivoSun um, that are used for, for you know, in, inside growing operations. And then filter that and, and come back down in the bathroom because no, nobody cares how hot the bathroom is, especially with four women in the house. Uh, that They can all appreciate the fact that the bathroom is going to be hot. So that's that's what I'm working on right now. Yeah, it sounds pretty similar to my thing. I just got this. Um, I happen to live in a townhome that's got like uh, peaked roofs or peaked ceilings. Basically, I got kind of big vaulted ceilings. So I um, 
I pull it in from one side of the vaulted up into my attic. I run it through like a, you know, the good old fashioned, uh, igloo cooler and a couple of, uh, pieces of rigid foam and a couple other sound control foams all around the, the unit there. And I, that's pretty much it. I suck it in an eight inch duct and I push it out the, the four inch, um, that go, comes out of, you know, the fan thing. And that's, uh, yeah, that's just how it's been sitting for a couple of years and it works fine. But, uh, rudimentary is certain, you know, circle us back to the very beginning is just keep the happy minor, happy minor, keep it clean, keep it cool. Uh, if you keep it clean and keep it cool, you can engineer pretty much anything around that. As long as you got the right airflows and you know where you're pulling it from, I think you're okay. As far as if you wanted to pull in fresh air from outside, as, as long as your house was staying warm enough, you could just, uh, have some sort of bypass vent pushing out to, um, to let off that pressure because that, that way, um, it's okay from a green, you know, from an indoor air quality standard, uh, it's better to have indoor pressure pushing out to keep contaminants from outdoors from coming into your house rather than having a house that sucks in. So sure. That, that makes sense. And I, I have an, an, an open fireplace. Um, so I, if, if there is excess pressure in the house, I think it's just going to go, go out the fire. Go out yeah, the, the fireplace. Unless the flu is, yeah, unless you closed off the flu or, and if you go really down the, the efficiency rabbit hole, they make these things called um, uh, chimney pillows or whatever. Like if you did never use your fireplace or whatever it is, and you want it to be super efficient, you'd super right, right, yeah, you you, you shove yeah. them up there and then inflate them. Um, I also use eight inch duct, and I really like these these once again this Vivosun um, eight inch muffler things, you know, and it's just this. A, an aluminum muffler with a bunch of foam inside of it, but they work really well. It, it, it quiets, quiets a lot of things. Oh, I got you. Now, I, now I'm putting two and two together. They're, they're a little, they're a little on the pricey side, but sometimes, okay. uh, you know, whatever your time preference is, I'd, I'd rather uh, work overtime at work and then just buy something than sit and fiddle all day long while my wife and kids are bothering me. Uh, so a lot of times, I'll just try to find some some out of the box solution for this stuff. No, no, totally glad to hear it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we're all sharing all these resources. We're sharing. It's just mind-boggling how this industry is going to take off in my perspective, or at least the home miners and just doing it um, just doing it at home. I think, I think once the, the ASIC manufacturers get on board with distributing miners that are, that are immersion-specific, it's really, really going to take off. You know, some, some people say, you know, you, you bought a bunch of new S19s. Are you really going to risk voiding the warranty by, by shoving them in big cool? I, I think a lot of people aren't willing to take that risk. But if you, if you get something with a warranty from what's minor, it's main and say, hey, this is designed to go in big cool, have at it. Get something from DCX, get something from Mixbit. Hopefully we get an American manufacturer here. And, you know, people that don't have a lot of time to develop things like, like, uh, like coin heated or, you know, a lot of the guys in the immersion room seem to have a lot of time to mess around with that stuff. Uh, it's really going to take off once, once the ASIC manufacturers get with it. I mean, personally, I'm not sure what, what came to my mind in, in it. And I don't know, I'm not an engineer by any means, but I think that there's a, a way to do an immersion rig 
and I think it's, they already kind of have this, but a merge and rig that essentially is built with its own heat sink a, around it that actually has fans on the outside, right? So you're kind of moving the, the hot away from the immersion miner with the air, like a radiator in your house, but you never actually crack the seal. And that keeps all the, um, that, li- that pesky liquid inside and essentially just radiates the heat out um, like, a, like a traditional radiator would. Uh, with the miner at the core. There was a guy in, out of Poland that was doing this called E-Heat. Uh, never really heard back from trying to contact him. You know, there's sort of a lot of small engineers that are trying to get these things off the drawing board, but I think that's what we were saying earlier, is once it gets real true legalization or legal tender or other kind of aspects in different states, then those uh, manufacturers can actually go ahead and produce that thing without being scared that they won't ever sell them. Well, good, good, good. Well, I'll tell you what, I think we'll, maybe we will wrap her up for the day. I want to thank everybody for showing up. I mean, it makes my heart warm to hear all these Bitcoin miners out there working on the future for all of us. Moses was awesome to ask me to come into this space, and uh, we had a great time. So thank you. I know we've been recording while he's out running around, and we'll hear this on uh, Sats Radio sometime soon. Appreciate it, everybody. I don't even know if I'll be able to shut it down, but... Uh, Thanks again. Thanks again for coming in. Keep stacking.